Tanga was the opening song off Mint, the EP from Abir. She's an artist I guarantee you will hear more from in the near future, and one I recently had the pleasure of meeting. Welcome to Respect, the Women of Atlantic, a special series here on What I'd Say. I'm Colleen Cosmo-Murphy, and on today's episode, I caught up with Abir just before her very first tour. She's a young singer who's incredibly talented, possessing a real finesse to her stunning voice, one that pours over soulful yet modern and minimal production. She writes honest lyrics that are sometimes sassy and sometimes beautifully poignant. But perhaps even more important than her natural ability with voice and words is her warmth and charisma. A beer knows how to connect. She's right there with you, whether you're a fan listening to her music or sat across from her in conversation. And she has quite an interesting story from her birthplace to her musical upbringing to how she finally got discovered. Let's delve into the world of a beer. You know, I interview so many different kinds of artists, artists that, you know, have had long careers and artists in the middle of their careers. And here I am interviewing you at the start of your career, which is really exciting, exciting times. Thank you for having me. Well, I just wanted to kind of start just um, going back. And you're originally from Morocco. That's right. And you moved here when you were six years old. And where did you move to? Is it Virginia? So I was actually born in Fess, mm -hmm. Morocco, and then I moved to Arlington, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And then I lived there, was raised there pretty much all my life. I actually turned six on the plane, like over, <laughs> oh <my laughs> coming gosh. over. And then I was raised there all my life until I moved here about three years ago to New York City. And what was it like trying to adapt to a new culture? I mean, coming from Northern Africa to the South, basically, the United States must have been a huge, huge cultural change for you. Yeah, you know, I think coming in at such a young age, I was able to adapt like fairly quickly. So um, I didn't really experience like a crazy culture shock or anything like that. But my sisters did because they were a little older than me. So I kind of lucked out. <laughs> I like I was like able to adapt really, really quickly. Right. And, yeah. I, and, and and when you have parents who are they trying to protect you and try to keep the old ways or yeah. are they quite happy for you to assimilate into American culture? Yeah, my my family did a really my parents did a really good job at like keeping Morocco in the crib and the house and like the tradition. But then when we walked out the door, they were they were like pushing me to learn more about where I was like. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, you know what? Celebrate Halloween. Like, go, let's get a Christmas tree. They were very open to the culture here. So I felt like that's also what just made me adapt quickly, too. Well, that's really great that they were so encouraging on yeah. that side because so many others may be quite the opposite. You know, yeah, a lot of times, sure. when, you know, all of our families, when they come from other countries and they just want to keep the old ways. But that's great that they were very forward thinking on that. Yeah. So can you remember your first musical memory? It's actually one of the reasons I s started singing. There's a song called Whatever Lola Wants. And I just remember being in the back seat of my dad's car. And that's legit being the first song that I actually remember hearing. Um, and it's like, a, it's a very jazzy song. That's, oh my God, my, my jazz friends would hate me for saying the word jazzy. Literally, they, they're like, <laughs> don't ever say jazzy. That's disrespectful. Um, but no, it's it's a really, really great record. And that was that was probably my first song. Was it whatever Lola wants, Lola gets? Yeah, yeah. whatever Lola wants. 
Yes. Yeah. It's so good. Getting a private concert. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, you have a gorgeous voice. Now, which which uh, artists were you listening to growing up before you got into pop music? Because I heard that you were into jazz. Yeah. Or jazzy stuff. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what? I listened to a lot. Well, it was like jazz and soul. So it was Etta James and mm. Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn. I pretty much at attached myself to those three artists. And then I was introduced to more mainstream, like R&B, like Beyonce, Destiny's Child, Whitney Houston. Mm. And it was it always ranged from there. So I can hear it in your voice, actually, this kind of melding of these influences. What is it that you learn from singers? Like, let's talk to about the, the jazzy ones first. Uh, Etta James, Sarah Vaughn. What did you learn from them? Jazz is like such like vocally. It's really, really you need you need to know how to control your voice. And it's, the technique is really interesting. And I just remember being in the backseat, like trying to mimic everything. Like they were going from one note down to the next note. I'm like, how? How are they doing this? So it was just interesting to see how the voice could possibly work mm -hmm. and so that's it i saw it as a challenge i saw jazz music like as a challenge and then i saw the more like r&b stuff it's like just fun you know just fun to sing but yeah now you also started writing songs quite young what inspired that that was definitely my r&b days i like i got so attached to keisha cole mm -hmm. one of my like one of my favorites growing up too and i was like Dang, like every song she writes is like she's telling a real story and she's telling you about her relationship. And I kind of st I started writing songs and I hadn't even been in a relationship. And I was <laughs> I was writing these like heartbreaking songs as if I'd been in like a 10 year relationship. And I, I don't know. From then, I just like started writing about I was imagining things mm. until I eventually started having my own experiences that I could write about. Right. So you were kind of putting yourself into their situations. Right. Exactly. Well, you uh, moved to New York a few years ago. Yes. And it seems like you've had a lot going on since you moved here. Like you've really been doing the New York hustle. Yeah. Uh, good for you. <laughs> so tell me about your experiences in New York. Like how did you start to kind of get yourself out there as an artist? Oh, that's a that's a good one. Um, so when i first started coming to new york it was more so on the weekends like during college just whenever i could have a chance to just come up here and hang out with my friend who's actually an artist and i would always go to these shows and i was just like wow why am i not up on the stage singing like why am i in the audience like i'm just going to school not really thinking about music more than a hobby i was just kind of I felt trapped, you know, and every time I came to New York, I was like, wow, like this is this could be me. Like, what are you doing? You got to get yourself out there. So I started coming up every other weekend, like networking, meeting people, getting myself out there, going to like open mics any anywhere I could. And then eventually I started getting some friends, started meeting the right people, getting in the right crowds. And like people actually wanted to help me, like get on the stage. And were you singing other people's songs at this time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was doing I was doing a lot of covers and I was also doing songs that I had wrote back then and they none of them were released. I would like get up on the stage and expect people to know what I was <laughs> what I was going <laughs> to sing. But it was a good experience cuz I like actually learned what it would take if you took it if I took it seriously. By the by my senior year in college, I like had graduated pretty early and 
just dove in, like just came immediately to New York and was like, you know what? Signed a lease on a whim, literally. And was like, all right, I'm here. Let's get it. Like, what am I going to do now? Well, that's the attitude it takes. <laughs> yeah. That's the attitude it takes to get things done. When did you, how did you realize that you had such a distinctive voice? I mean, you, went, you were doing talent shows when you were young, and it is a very distinctive voice. How did you first realize, wow, I really have a voice here? <laughs> you know? um, well, I guess my, honestly, I owe it all to my friends and my family because they're, it's always the people around you that, you know, support what you're doing if they believe in you. And my mom would be like, oh my God, you, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. Or my friends would be like, "Woo, girl, you killed it. You killed that mm -hmm. note or you killed that song. You should sing this. You should sing that. So I started like getting confident in, in music in general. And then it really wasn't until I got to New York where I felt like I was starting to find my own voice um, because, you know, covering a lot of songs, you're essentially just mimicking what the artist is doing. But when I started writing more original music, I started figuring out, oh, like, this is my thing. Like, this is what I, this is how I sing. And I honestly owe it to my, owe it to my manager because he's the one who kind of helped me figure that out. How would you, how do you, in your own ears, hear your voice as being distinctive? And, and how do you separate yourself from other singer-songwriters? What do you think you bring to the table? I don't know. I do have a bit of, a jazz tone and then I like have I we, we always when we were first starting to figure out my voice in quotations here um we would call it the Etta like there's this thing that I was like doing like constantly like too much and it would be something like uh, I'm gonna give you an example like oh I'm sitting here talking about nothing or whatever like I'd always do this like extra jazz tone vocal and then we're like okay let's scale back let's add a little bit more Keisha in there like get some more Beyonce get some Whitney in there like get the power vocal in there and see what that what that forms and so then I started kind of like opening up singing bigger notes trying to get like get to a higher scale and I felt like eventually I don't know it all kind of fell together I don't know I don't know how to really explain it, but it all kind of, the jazz part of me was in there, the soulful side of me was in there, the like Celine Dion, like powerhouse vocal was in there, and I was just happy that we could all, we could pretty much mend all three together. And then when you, with your lyrics too, which is very much your generation, your age, living in the city, <laughs> yeah. it reminds me of when Amy Winehouse first came out. Now, Amy. Ooh, I'll take that. That's a huge <laughs> exactly. compliment. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> Amy has, you know, Sarah Vaughn was massive influence on her is just, just like yourself. And she was doing a similar thing where she was kind of bringing jazz, melding it with hip hop and, and R&B. Yeah. And then singing about things that were very real and very straightforward and not sugarcoated at all. And very much like, you know, you're talking Raw. about your Uber rating, yeah. which is just <laughs> such a great line. And <laughs> I didn't even know what my Uber rating was until recently. And someone's like, did you check out your Uber rating? I was like, That's oh my hilarious. God, I have to check this thing, you know?
Anyways, it's fantastic. It's really cool because it makes it very modern, contemporary, very now, very your generation as well, which is really cool. But melding it with something that's a, you know, heritage and legacy, basically. Is that something that you're doing consciously? Do you hear that yourself? I did make a conscious effort to just try to stay in this age. Like when I first started really writing music, I was like 19, 20 years old. And I was like, don't don't try to write about a 10 year relationship. Like, just write about what you're going through. Like, write about your subway rides, like write about your long trips on the bus, like write about what your friends are making you feel so that I could relate to people that are like me. And that's honestly the type of music I like to listen to. I like to listen to something that I feel I can relate to on a personal level. So I just I don't know, I try to keep it hella thorough. <laughs> real real. That's great. Now you've collaborated before you have your, your new EP mint, you were did a load of collaborations. Yeah. Um Cash Cash. Is it Masego? Masego Masego. Yes. Masego. What did you learn from these different collaborations? Did it help you find your voice more or or your musical style more? Masego was one of the first people I like had ever worked with in general and he's just such a cool cat like he's like he's so soulful and so great at what he does and he doesn't really think about it so from him I'd say like I definitely learned like sometimes don't 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 think too much just open your mouth see what comes out and go with it and I I took that I took from that experience to be like you know what I gotta I gotta chill a little bit and whatever I'm feeling just gotta let it out and with cash cash Finest Hour was such a personal song. And I think before, I was like always, like I'm saying, I I like to tell about my experiences, but sometimes I would hold back just the hair on the real, real stuff. Maybe like the sadder or just not depressing, but just, you know, not the most exciting things you want to sing about. And working with Cash Cash, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to be real open right now. And I'm going to be personal and let you guys know what I'm really feeling. And that's, that's what I learned from from Cash Cash working on Finest Hour that it's okay to just be raw too. <laughs> and it's interesting because you know their their version is very uplifting, but I like this acoustic version on the EP. Falling down and I'm holding it up by three It's really amazing how the song really shines through on that, I think. And I think you should do more of that, to be honest. (laughs) You know what's crazy is that the song actually, when I first wrote the song, it started off just like that. It started off with like four chords and a little bit of guitar. And that's how we got through writing the record. And then to see Cash Cash take it and make it, it it feels uplifting when you hear it, um, when you hear it, you know, the Cash Cash version. But the more acoustic version, I feel like it, it kind of hits, it hits the heart a little harder. Yeah, it has more poignancy, <laughs> I think, and more emotional gravitas, I think. And the other songs, you said when you're writing these songs, are you writing with a team, you're writing yourself, or you have a team with also with, with, with on the musical side? How does it work? You know, on Mint was the first time I actually co-wrote on a song that I was going to put on my project. So Foria, for instance, I wrote all by myself. But then Lose Me is a collaboration and it's such a dope record. I could not turn it down. I'm like, let's get it. Like, it's so good. And 
there's like Reunion is another song I wrote by myself, but then you have Young and Rude, who I co-wrote with um, Corey Latif. So it's all, I felt like I did a lot of songs where I just wrote them by myself, but then honestly, the, the collaborations are all my favorite on the record, so. And really inspiring, I suppose. Yeah. So you were gigging around New York quite a bit doing these open mic nights, and did Craig Coleman discover you? There was actually a show I did at Rough Trade here in New York, and I was opening up for Amine. Um, who's amazing. And I was I was like on a high that day. I just remember it was like a, a big room and I was like, wow, this is like the first like big crowd I've actually performed in front of. So it was actually, it was Lon Ray. Lon Ray who came out to the show and she saw me perform for the first time and like ran back to Craig. And literally the next week I was sitting in the office and that's that's how we met. Like that's how he showed his interest in in my music. What did it feel like when you all of a sudden, like here you are doing your first kind of you know bigger gig? It's a rough yeah. trade, more people, and gosh, it's a A and R scout there. <laughs> and next saw next time you're sitting in the CEO's office of Atlantic Records, what was going through your head? You know, at the time I was like, I'm one of those people that when something so great is happening, I just try to act like normal, like nothing's happening, you know, just so I don't like get my hopes up or just get like too excited that I can't control myself. Mm -hmm. So I, it was so surreal. Cause I was like, wow, I'm, I've dreamt about that all my life. Like just the label. Right. And people think different things about labels, but I remember being like 10, be like, I, I want to get signed by a label. Like I want to, I want to sing in front of a CEO. Like I want to get the chance to like have a meeting and being there. I just remember being like, wow, this is like all that I've, worked for and I'm here now and it's it's not even it's not even like the pressure wasn't as crazy as I imagined it was such a calm conversation like Craig was so like supportive and was like you're doing great things we're not going to change anything like you do your thing we're just here to help wherever wherever you need us and that was honestly so amazing to hear because you know sometimes people are like oh you signed to a label and they're going to change you and they're going to do this and it's like no it's not at all the case you know and i don't know it's just a really great experience well i think you found a really good home <laughs> or this really good home found you whichever way it goes now you your ep is out it was just came out a week ago yes mint? exactly yeah and can you tell our listeners first of all why you chose the name mint yeah oh man so like we were talking about i'm was born in Morocco and every time I would hear my parents or aunts or sisters gossiping, they were always having mint tea. Like that's just the drink of choice that you have. You drink a little tea, tell a little gossip about the neighbor, about your sister, about whoever. It's cool because you're sitting there and you're like, wow, they're drinking tea and they're talking like the most shadiest stuff. <laughs> so I decided to call it mint because I was like, you know what? I'm actually talking. I'm talking a little bit of, a little bit of shade on this, on this, on this EP. So let's just sip this mint tea, as a, as we talk this shade. So that's really good. Do you think there'll ever be a time when you'll have some Moroccan influence in your own music? Oh man, I can't wait to get there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I was when I was originally just uh, trying to find a name for the EP. Um, I was like, dang, should I save Mint for the for the EP where like I have the Moroccan influences? So I know it's coming. I know it's coming because it's just Moroccan music has such good rhythm 
and the drums and the percussion, like in general, I'm really, really excited to put that in. And also different it's, scales as well. Yeah, well, it's it's real different. <laughs> it's actually more. There's more notes, aren't there? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's just talk a little bit about the future. So what, after you have this EP, you have a tour coming up, are you working on an album as well? Are you starting to write for an album? You know, I as soon as we, it was like the Friday we dropped Mint, I like hit my manager and I was like, wow, I'm actually already, already inspired to write another song because i we had been working on mint for a really long time like this past year just every day in the studio was on those same six songs trying to figure out how to make them perfect and i hadn't written a new song in a really long time and on fr last friday i was like wow i'm like ins i'm actually inspired to write something i'm so happy and so excited to just create more music now that this is out you know so i'm I'm really excited. We're we're already setting up sessions, like already hitting up my my favorite producers to get in. So yeah, I'd say we we're working on something. <laughs> and anything you can reveal? Anything you can reveal? Not not quite yet. Right. No. <laughs> okay. And how about musically though? Is there any kind of new directions or new vistas that you'll be exploring? I really loved what I loved about Mint is just being able to showcase a little more of my vocal ability and. It's just always so fun, you know. Um, growing up on Whitney, Celine, Beyonce, they're they're like when you hear them sing, you're like, what the heck is going on? You guys are like, how can you do that? I want to, I really want to have that more of that appeal on my listeners. I want I want to show what I can do, you know. So I'd say that's that's what I would be aiming for on the next next project. That's really good. I mean, because there are in the UK, we have these great vocalists like Adele and, and Amy Oof, Winehouse, Adele, yes. and the ones you've just mentioned are all are all powerhouses. The and the jazz, your jazz influences, or your jazzy influences as well. Oh God, <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, gonna keep kill on me. You on that. <laughs> but in this era where people are kind of auto tuning things, and it's really more about not always, because I think cream does rise to the top. But it's easy to kind of be a flash in the pan pop artist in the sense yeah. without having a great voice. It's it's really wonderful. And I'm glad that you want to tackle that even more and to really explore your voice. I think actually maybe doing something that's w with match with your Moroccan roots as well and digging Ooh. in there could really be quite interesting and different as yeah, well. Yeah. I have one sure. last question for you, which I'm going to, it's kind of a weird question. And if you had to write your. 50 year old self a letter right now from where you're at oh man because you're on the cusp of stardom really you know so you have you're oh, starting this tour God you know really. and it's it's very exciting time I mean all this energy and this you know it doesn't seem like you're anxious at all it seems like you're completely positive about it where do you want to be you know what would you write to yourself is a kind of a um a, 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 a statement, a time capsule of where you're at right now. Wow, that's that's intense. That's an intense question. <laughs> like Jesus, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> um, wow, wow. What would I tell my 50 year old self? Man, girl, I hope you done helped all the people you wanted to help in the world. I hope you made all the money just to give it right back. And I hope you made the music that you wanted to make and share with the world. It's so inspiring to speak with young artists on the verge of breaking big. And I'm sure you'll agree that a beer story is so interesting. Starting in Morocco via the American South and up to New York City where she made her own way to follow her dream. 
I'm Colleen Cosmo Murphy, and thank you for listening to Respect, the Women of Atlantic, a special series here on What I'd Say. You can listen to the Mint EP now, and you can find out more about a beer at abeermusic.com.